Happy Monday, beautiful people. October is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rawls Ivy. Listen, all my sister friends out there who are afraid, don't be afraid. Go get the babies, the tatas, the girls checked. Go let somebody feel them up, squish them in the machine, take some pictures so that we can live long and prosper. Because I want people to live as long as I plan on living. And you got to do take the necessary um, uh, checkups. So if you have not had the tatas handled, go get them handled. It is Breast Cancer Awareness, pink, 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 all month of October. I'm very serious about that. I have way too many friends, too many sister friends who have breast cancer, too many of them. And so we have to do what's necessary. And particularly to my black sisters and brown sisters, get your ass into that mammogram office and get it done. That's all I'm going to say. Sometimes you got to talk to black women a little differently than you talk to other women because they can't hear you. <laughs> so get the tatas checked. Get them checked. It is breast cancer awareness. There's campaigns all over the place. Um, Sisters Journey is still up and running. They run support groups for women who are or going through this. Um, the inner city news every month, we put the uh, breast cancer survivor of the month in the new in the paper. And uh, I'm so grateful to uh, Ms. Bracey and, and all the fine women over there at Sister's Journey. Uh, I'm going to try to get them on sometime this month. Uh, I've been trying to give them a little bit of a break because I know they get calls and, and stretch far thin during October for breast cancer awareness. Um, so trust and assure I'm going to have some conversations around breast cancer awareness this month um, so that we get these tatas handled. Ah, there's something we can do. You are not helpless and you are not alone. There are resources and access available. I know good doctors personally who do nothing but work on breasts. So we're going to get that right. We're going to get that right. And we're going to have these breasts um, looked at and talked about all month long. Okay. Um, Harry Droves is down there um, helping with the recovery efforts in, in uh, North Carolina. <laughs> I think, or South Carolina. He's in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> yes, Harry, I put your business out there. Harry ain't listening. I don't think he's listening. He better not be listening. He better be like chilling. <laughs> but, you know, he felt so compelled that he needed to go down there and help people with their, you know, with their recovery efforts. <laughs> so he'll be back in a week or so. He'll be back sometime next week. So, Harry, you better not be listening, but if you are, have a good time. Hey, Karen, have a good time. Angel, I don't know if you're listening because I don't know what your situation is in Florida, but uh, I hope you're all right. I hope you are all right. I hope your house is safe. I hope your loved ones are safe, and I hope you are, are fine. So, and all my friends in Florida, um, I hope you all are okay. And, and, uh, and let us know what you need. Like, just you know, tap into the resources that are available to you. And I know you're doing that already. You don't need me to tell you that, uh, but I'm thinking about you. So, and, and all the folks who listened to me, thank you this morning, Ife and um, all the folks uh, at City Hall. <laughs> hey, love me at City Hall. <laughs> uh, uh, so yes, to all the folks that listen. Um, to my Jewish brothers and sisters, I know these are the high holiday, high holidays for y'all. Yom Kippur being the highest of the highest holiday um, coming up um, where, you know, whatever your transgressions against God, um, you can uh, be forgiven 
Um, if you got beef with people, go directly to the people. And I think you got like three times to, to, to apologize or ask for forgiveness or whatever it is you got to do. Uh, but you got to ask them, the people that you got beef with. The Jewish folks built that in. I like that. You got beef with somebody. This is the, this is the week to get it in. <laughs> this is the week to clean it up, ask for forgiveness, and keep it moving. And start your new year off right. So to my brothers and sisters of the Jewish faith, I'm with you. And uh, and I hope your, um, your Yom Kippur is holy and sacred. I believe it starts Wednesday into Thursday, I believe. I believe. I believe. So... Um, wherever you are. So let me, let me, let me, let me run through my weekend. Cause y'all know I, I had a weekend. So um, let's see Friday. I think Friday we were at the, um, we went to the pregame. We went to the NAACP um, hosted, you know, they host the um, HBCU football team of some HBCU against Yale. And uh, today it was, uh, to, uh, this weekend it was uh, Howard, Mecca, HU. Yeah, they was in full force. They had, they had a bunch of people up from Howard. So anyway, the NAACP threw a, a really great party at Bloom, um, a pregame party. It was well done. We had a good time. We had a really good time. It really was good. I didn't make it to the um to the tailgating party. I I, I think. My tailgating days are sorely behind me. <laughs> they, had to, they had to get on the they had to get on the grounds at six o'clock in the morning to start setting up. I said, like, "Ooh, I don't know." I, I I knew I couldn't make it because I'm in this Yale Access to Law School program, and Saturday started the um, the march to the LSAT. So the LSAT prep started um, Saturday morning from nine to twelve fifteen. And then my first study group starts tonight at 5.15 to 6.50 or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as nervous as a hoe in church. <laughs> I'm like, oh, not nervous in the sense that I, I don't I don't I don't think about standardized tests as some kind of problem. I think for me, I just I just want to make sure that I get into the habit of rigorous study. That that's really what it is for me. Just getting getting the gears in in gear to 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 study. And I was a good student in college, and I was so woefully unprepared in undergrad because I came from a tech school. And tech schools, you know, they um they don't prepare you for college, and they damn sure wasn't preparing black kids at Eli Whitney for college. You know, hence my mama had to go and deal with the guidance counselor because. He just, he just didn't see me going to college. He was like, why would you want to go to college? I'm like, I'm looking behind me. I'm like, do you see the 400 years of history behind me? <laughs> so my mama had to go up to the school and deal with that. Be like, what you not going to do? <laughs> but anyway, anyway, um, um, so, so that's where I was on Saturday. And then when I finished that, I went over, um, uh, what, did, what did we do? Damn, I can't even remember what the hell I did. Um, so that that listen that thing lasted a good while we were we were hanging out for a good minute um uh, uh friday night it was a it was a good minute it didn't start till seven so and i i had some other stuff going on let me see let me let me backtrack because i feel like i'm missing stuff okay so this this is how my day started when i got off air i went over to um il gabiano for lunch with the long wharf theater um external relations 
uh, I co-chair external relations with Jackie Coral. So we, we went over there to have lunch with um, Tim Yeager, who used to be over at Planned Parenthood. Uh, and it's nice to see him bring his expertise and talents over to uh, Long Wharf Theater. He's a very bright, very smart, very astute young man. And I think he's going to bring so much to the Long Wharf Theater family. But anyway, so we started there. So I've never been to Il Gabbiano. Now, I, now I've been in that space because it used to be the Scupper, then it was Lenny and Joe's, now it's Il Gabbiano. And let me tell you something, they moved the damn bar out of the middle of the room, which is really, really nice. Like you have actual real space. Like you don't walk in there and feel like you're hitting the Titanic. They moved the bar over. Like they just moved it over. And it's pretty in there. It's blue and bright. And I mean, it doesn't have, it doesn't have the, 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 the beautiful views like shell and bones further up, you know, the sound, but it's still a nice space. It's huge. That space is really, really big. I mean, you could have three, four separate things going on at the same time and nobody would bump into each other, except if you went to the bathroom. Seriously, it's, it's big in there, but they cleaned it up nicely. And uh, gave it a fresh, uh, fresh makeover. Uh, they've got a, a, an amazing wait staff. You know, they got like a New York wait staff. Like they're very attentive. Excuse me, I'm drinking coffee because I got to get my coffee in. Mm. Um, and I'm drinking Bustelo. <laughs> I like that Bustelo. It's a good coffee for the money. I don't care what nobody says. Bustelo is a good espresso coffee for the money. Anyway, I'm drinking some of that. So anyway, so, um, I, you know, I was, I was a little hard pressed to think that I couldn't have anything because, you know, Italian restaurants are very difficult for somebody with a severe dairy allergy, but um, I had chicken cacciatore. It was damn good. And oh my God, they bring your food. Your, they bring your personal plate. It's like a serving tray. I mean, it's expensive in there, but lunch is re way reasonable. Lunch is way reasonable. And they do nice cocktails. Although I had to give them a, I had to give them a, a, a talking to about their tequila choices. It's like, I get it. I understand. I, I, I was a, I was a nondescript tequila drinker too, until I learned the error of my ways. And now I drink damn good, non-additive, unsweetened, you know, hella sweetened tequila, but that's, a horse of another color. Um, so, so we had a very productive lunch. It was really good. We had a good conversation. And then uh, left there and uh, ran over to, I believe, I believe I had to go over. No, I, I, I ran over there, went over to the bookstore, hung out at um, Possible Futures on Friday. I like hanging out there. You meet the most interesting people over there. It's, a, it's such a good space for a bookstore. It's like a neighborhood bookstore, like a neighborhood bar, but with books. I'm not kidding you. It's like a, it's like a neighborhood bar. It's like Cheers. You, have, you remember Cheers? I might be dating myself. You, know, you walk into Cheers and, and people go, Norm, I walk into Possible Futures, Babs, I love it. So it's like a bar, but with books. So I hung out there and then I had to, I had to meet with my, um, my coach, my, you know, part of the, Yale Access to Law School, they assign you uh, a law student as your coach who, who was you know, participating in the program. So I have this young sister, young sister. She's Haitian and Jamaican. Her mama Haitian, her father Jamaican. And, uh, and they named her Demi Moore. 
I'm have, after all this is said and done, I'm having her on so we can talk about this. But um, but it speaks to black people wanting to give their kids a fair shake at life and not be um and not have their name determined before they even get in the door who they are. Now, I know some white folks might be listening and be like, who does that? I'm like, everybody that came through Ellis Island, that's who does that. So before y'all get all up in your in your uh, on your horses and and want to joust with me about it everyone has done it so you know when folks came over and came through ellis island guess what happened they couldn't pronounce your name they changed it italians irish jewish didn't matter if they ain't like your name or they thought that you'd have a better shake at survival they changed your name to something that was common and protestant sounding that's number one so black people are not immune to that either if, if, if even even probably more so than most people because if you saw a name that sounded or looked black you probably are going to toss their their resume out and you're not going to see them if you have any inkling that's the kind of mess that was going on and then on the far end of the scale there was people who was like i'm gonna give my kid the blackest name and and the most original name that i could find because i want them to stand out and i want them to be for the culture so, so there's two, it's a lot of thinking around this, but anyway, her name is Demi Moore and she is lovely and talented and smart. And I hang on her every word. I hang on her every word. And she's, I think she's 26 years old. <laughs> I, I mean, she's the same age as my daughter. So, you know, I, 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 I like talking to young people. I do. I love talking to young people. There's so much, there's so much you could get from them, you know? So much you could get from it. I mean, yeah. And there's so much I could give them too because it works both ways. Because I, listen, I done gave her some advice to save her 20 years of her life. <laughs> Girl, let me let me save you 10 years on the couch, on the therapy couch right now. This, 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 this. <laughs> but anyway, so, so um, I had to spend an hour with her. And when I finished with her, then I ran over to Bloom for the NAACP uh, football, HBCU and Ivy League pregame uh, uh, pregame party. It was really good. Um, uh, 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 Alicia was there with rhythm. She had a really damn good beer cocktail. I love that people can make a beer cocktail. I, beer and cocktail. I'm here for it all day. All day, I'm here for it. And they had, you know, little finger foods. And, uh, and Dory Dumas saved me a cigar. So I had a cigar. It was good. I was like, yeah, I was chilling. I got to run into people I haven't seen in a long time, like her husband, Craig Dumas. Let me tell you something about Craig Dumas. And I, I don't think anybody knows this. Uh, but when, when, I was, when I was in the midst of my scandal, 15 years ago, Saturday, uh, I believe, 15 years ago, Saturday, I walked in federal federal prison camp. I self-surrendered to federal prison camp. And, um, but anyway, before that, um, the day that it hit the papers, um, uh, after the sentencing, it hit the paper. And, you know, I, I still take issue with the way they covered me, um, which was fine. Not, not, I, of course, they should have covered me. I was an elected person, but God knows they ran it in the ground. But I, I think what I took issues with is that they described the clothing that I was wearing. <laughs> And every time I read these kind of cases, I never see men just des uh, describe that. They, they never said, oh, he showed up in a dark pinstripe Prada suit. They never say that. But they were like, oh, she had a teal shirt with pinstripe pants, a pair of high heels, pearls on her neck. I mean, it was just 
anyway, anyway, back to Craig Dumas. So when it all broke in the paper, he was the first person to call me. He was the first, and I didn't even know he knew me. Like, like he knew me. Like, I and I, I didn't really know Dory that well at that particular time, but I had some interactions with um, Craig, and we've had some conversations because he used to be one of the chiefs at the fire department. That's how I know him. Um, and he was the first call, and he he was just so kind. He's like, man, I I don't care what they say. You good people. You good people. Don't let this break you. I mean, he really was encouraging to me. Now, if you know Craig. He, he is um, an unassuming guy. He's not, he's not a loud guy. He's not on the scene, you know. So when I saw him at the party, I was like, whoa, Craig, Dumas, what's happening? He smoked a cigar and he was talking about my birthday. And he was like, man, you know, I'm not coming. I'm not coming to Marrakesh, but I will FaceTime you. <laughs> he's like, my wife is the original Ever Ready Bunny. She will go everywhere all the time, all at once. Me? I like being at the crib. I was like, okay, that's cool. So that's my Craig Dumas story. He was the first one to call me um, during those difficult times. And, uh, and, and so it was lovely to see him um, Friday because it just, it just brings this whole story in perspective for me, right? Because Saturday when I woke up, I had to go and Google myself because I knew it was October 1st. I, just, I couldn't remember like what year. So I had to go Google myself to see that it was uh, 2007. It was 2007. So it was 15 years ago um, that I self-surrendered to a uh, um, federal, federal, Danbury federal, federal prison camp. And, uh, and I wasn't, uh, I was, you know, I wasn't weepy or anything about that time on Saturday. I just had remembrance of it because I never really think about it. I never really think about the day I go in. I always think about the day that I come out, which was on October 29th. I always think about that. I never think about when I went in. Uh, and it was on a, it was a chilly morning. It was bright. It was sunny, but it was brisk. My brother and uh, his wife drove me, drove me up. And my brother, I know my brother was very anxious and worried and concerned. And I mean, I think he really was more so than he let on. Right. Um, and the night before I had my, you know, my friend Ron was in Texas and uh, he called me from Texas and we get off the phone. He was like, oh, no, 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 let's talk. Just let's keep talking. Because I think he thought I was nervous and he just wanted to assuage my fears. And I think he wanted to assuage his fears too. <laughs> God bless my friends that ride with me through these journeys, man, who ride with me through these journeys. And, uh, and so, yeah, so I got up and I went and... Uh, when I got there and, and we made the decision to go early, like my check-in time wasn't until noon. My brother was like, because my brother did about 10, 12 years in federal federal prison too um, for, for drug mess. Um, and, uh, and he was like, no, no, you don't want to go at lunchtime because you'll be sitting here waiting and blah, 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 and changing of the staff. And he's like, no, no, let's go first thing in the morning. And so him and his wife, Dana, drove me to Danbury you know, and uh, I knew I knew my brother was like I knew because I know my brother. I know how he is. You know, he has a he has a very tough exterior, right? He can be. He's one of these people. He he'll just he's he's like the equalizer. Like he'll just he's like me in a lot of regard. We just take things head on. We don't we don't mess around. Whatever it is, we just if it comes at us, we ready for it. No matter what it is, we just. 
we just surrender to it and we just deal with it. We don't put it off. We don't do any of that. We're very much a lot, a lot alike in that regard. So I knew he was nervous. I knew he was nervous. And you know, I have the kind of personality, I'm not nervous. I'm not afraid. I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta do this. This is just one more thing I gotta do. And uh, and I, I had already, I had already went through this. Oh my God, this is my life. I can't believe, blah, blah, blah. I had already did this like at the very beginning of this thing, like way at the beginning. Because, you know, keep in mind, um, the crime that I committed was done in 2003. So it took them this long to just sort of whatever, do forensics and whatever the hell they was doing. And then people pushing back on it, right? Because I, I honestly think it probably would not have gotten as far as this if people weren't pushing for it because there was a little bit of conversation about, you know, because I had ran for a second term and people were annoyed by that. And then there was a little whispering about running for mayor. And so I think that just annoyed certain people. I'm not going to say who, because it's all water on the bridge at this point. And living well is the best revenge. But anyway, so it became a, it, it, you know, and I'm not suggesting that I shouldn't have did time or whatever, you know, I, you know, but this is what I know. They spent more money um, locking me up than they, than I, than what I stole. <laughs> it, it cost them more. <laughs> it cost them more to put me in prison <laughs> for 29 days, um, uh, uh, five, three, was it three months house arrest? I think it was three months or five months house arrest. Uh, super, well, they, they don't say house arrest, they call it um, supervised. No, no, it was house arrest. I was, I was remanded to the house with a bracelet, ankle bracelet. And uh, so I was remanded to the house and then, um, and then three years of uh, supervised probation, three years of supervised, not with the probation went by quick. So, so 2003, um, that's when it happened. And 2007 is when I actually went in. So, um, so yeah. So anyway, all of, I say all that to say, seeing Craig Dumas, um, former fire captain um, Dumas, um, brought it all full circle for me in that moment. Because the next, you know, he was the first call um, to me. And, uh, and I'll never forget it because it was just one of the kindest, kindest, kindest things. It was just unexpected kindness. And then, um, let's see, uh, Henry Fernandez and his wife, Kika, sent me a book, were the first ones to send me a bouquet of flowers. Uh, I was getting so many flowers that day. My neighbor came across the street and asked if somebody had died in my family. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Um, John DeStefano sent flowers. I mean, people sent flowers from everywhere, just letting me know that they were with me. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't be more moved by that because I, you never know the impact you have in people's lives or how people feel about you until times of adversity. Adversity really is the determinant of who stands with you. I always tell people when you, you, when you have some bad stuff happen. It's the people that stand in with you who are your friends, the people who are fair weather, who can't be bothered or they don't want to be. Because let me tell you something. During that time, people kicked me off board. I was on a bunch of boards and they just so merrily kicked, kicked me to just one, two, three, four, five. You know, I mean, they were burning up my emails and phone saying, uh, we need you to step down and blah, blah, blah. When can you do it? And we need your letter by. I mean, people were just and they weren't they weren't playing. Now, how you like me now? 
Now, now I'm on great boards. I'm on way better boards. <laughs> and the people who kick me off these boards, I see them. <laughs> I see them now. And they are uncomfortable in my presence. And, I, and I'm happy to have them be uncomfortable. I, I don't got no grace for them. <laughs> I was like, I was like I, why are you uncomfortable? You did what you you did what you were supposed to do, right? You you don't want you don't want somebody like me on your board. You, you don't, right? Because you know it, it, it. You in your mind, it just um, it, it comes across as though I mean you just don't want the publicity or whatever it is. I guess, and it was fine. I mean it was fine. You know every door just shut like doors just shut like people stopped talking to me. They wouldn't take my calls. I couldn't find a job. I mean, it just, it was just a domino effect. <laughs> like, whoa, it was like a tsunami. But my real friends who stood with me just stood there and said, listen, I, I got you. I, I, people paid, paid my car note. People paid the taxes on, the, on my house. I mean, people did things for me. They did out of the kindness of of, the, my, of their hearts, people came and put money in my hand for kids for Christmas, because because you got to remember when I came back out, I was already in the midst of a divorce, right? Because my then husband, he he like all the boards that I was on, couldn't take the scrutiny of being associated with me. He just couldn't he he just couldn't handle it, and uh, and he was ashamed, and uh, and he just was like, I got to do something, so he divorced me. <laughs> I, when I tell you I was in every court in this country for at the same time, all at once, I was, I was in divorce court. I was in criminal court. I was in civil court. <laughs> I, I Listen, that's the introduction to the law for me, man. That's what I know. I should be an attorney. I've been in every court. Um, so, so, that was a very, very difficult time. So anyway, when I woke up Saturday morning and I just felt some kind of way and I posted up on Facebook, I said, you know, blah, 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 blah. Cause I had to, I had to log into Elsa prep class. And, and I was like, I've come far. I've come a mighty long way. And, and if I would have, you know, cause I was very suicidal at the time. If I would have taken my own life in those moments when I was afraid and struggling and, and, and was walking through the storm, uh, I would have missed out on all this wonderful life that I'm living. I would I would have just I would have missed it. <laughs> I would have missed all of this. And uh, and and uh, and I'm not mad at myself for for being in that moment. I'm just saying, when I look back, and this is what I invite people who are, who are at the end of their rope. If you could just hold on and let some days get under you. You know, and I know it gets dark and painful and it is physically painful when you are hurting the way that you are. I get, I understand it. I stood in the lowest part of the valley and it's dark. I get it. And you, and you feel like you just falling backwards with nothing to grab onto. That is a terrible feeling. And you just want it to end. And so you think I'll just do it myself. I get it. I know what I'm talking about. But if you could just find a little bit of strength to catch your breath, just all you got to do is catch your breath. You know, take a deep breath in, catch your breath and put your feet firmly on the ground and feel where your feet are. And just like, okay, all right, this is hard. I know I've, I'm tormented. This is, and if you could just hold on today and if you get to tomorrow, 
do it all over again until you have a string of days behind you. You know, I I, I don't like when people say, let some healing happen. happen. I, I don't know if there's a healing for any pain. I do believe that you make room for whatever the pain is in, in your life, that you, you don't try to heal it. You just try to make room and peace with it so that it doesn't run you, so that it does not loom large in your life. That's, that's how I take it. Now, people might call that healing, but I just feel like people think I'm going to heal myself so that it goes away. I never, I never feel like, I never feel like what my father did to me will ever go away. It is forever present in me. It is in me. Sight, sound, taste, it is in me. There's no healing from that. There's only, when I sit on the couch, I make space for it, left or right. <laughs> I don't, there's no, you know, the way that, the way that my ex-husband treated me, there's no healing from that. There's only, this is what happened. I make space for it. It is what it is. I don't run from it. I don't hide from it. Same thing with serving time. You know, and people and people are slick. You know, they want to bring it up. They want to they want to make, you know, whatever, whatever. And that's fine. I don't I'm, I'm not pained by it. I know what it is. I accept it and I move through with I, with it. I move with it. I don't leave it. I don't run from it. I don't self-medicate. I don't do any of that stuff. I don't do drugs. I don't do any of that stuff. I, I drink. <laughs> I like a little taste taste. <laughs> I like a little taste taste. But I don't, I don't, I don't, I make space for what is. I just create room for it so that I, I'm always, um, I'm always in control of how I think and how I move about the world. Nothing drives me. Nothing drives me. I drive me, you know. So Saturday was a full circle moment. It was just, it was just full circle. And I, and like I said, I never, I never really gave any thought to the first day of October when I self-surrendered. I never think about it. I was just, I was thinking about when I walked out of there and, and my brother picked me up. My brother and his wife picked me up. <laughs> they, they picked me up. And I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> and 29 days went by quickly. Hey, I'll talk a little bit about all this, this, this month, because I think, you know, 15 years is, is a good enough time to talk about it. You know, like it doesn't, I'm not ashamed. I'm not, listen, you know, when you're inside, you, you, I, I lost track of my own sorrows dealing with other people's sorrows, you know, because there were women in there who would, who had lost way more and was serving way more time you know, than I. I mean, it was just, it was just uh, tough to see, to witness these women. And had they had some better advocates in their lives, they, they, things would have been a little bit different, I think. I think they would have, there would have been different outcomes, you know. Um, and I, I do believe that, I do. I believe that with everything. I believe that. I believe that. So, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So it was a full, full, full circle moment, and here we are. Um, so October is is one of those months, man. Where for, you know, as I said before, and other times, 
it is really my New Year's. I always use this time to center myself and think about where I'm going, what I want to do. I always, I just use this time because so much has happened in October in my life. <laughs> and I don't even, I don't sweat it. I was like, okay, here's October. You know, sometimes October is tough, like it's harsh. You know, I've lost people in October. I mean, my mother died in October, but my mother was also born in October. You know, my sister-in-law was born on the same day as my father. I mean, all these little parallel paradoxical things that sort of make you go, hmm, okay, there's, there's some mysticism here that I can't ignore, you know, that I have, to, I have to think about, that it forces me to, you know, think about. And I, and I don't mind it because I've, I've got tools now to sort of think about things without re-traumatizing myself or, or, or just being, you know, oh, I got I to gotta drink myself to death to get away from the pain. No, I drink because I really enjoy a good cocktail or a good glass of wine or, or champagne, which is my favorite thing. You know, uh, I, don't, I don't do it because I'm running from some long-held demons. I, I don't work that mess out, you know. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good. So, yeah, so October is my New Year's. And, uh, and I get to think about things deeply and fully and broadly. Um, and, I, and I don't think it's no accident that I'm in this Yale to Access Law program at this particular time in space. Like it's, it's, uh, it's real. It's a very real thing. So anyway, that was, that was Saturday. I didn't go to the tailgate because, first of all, it was raining. Second of all, it was raining. So I hung out at the... I finished up my LSAT class and then I hung out at the um, Possible Futures bookstore all day. I bought a couple of bottles of wine over there and sat and um, brought my laptop and, and um, some a book, which, which I didn't do. Any, I didn't read or look at anything. <laughs> I, ended up, I ended up having conversations with everybody that came in the bookstore for <laughs> like three hours. <laughs> so everybody that came in the bookstore, I'm just chatting it up. I was like, Oh, this was not a good idea. I mean, it was a good idea in the sense that it got me out of the house. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not in the house. I wasn't in the house and it was fine. Like it was, it really was fine. It was fine. So um, it was good. So it got me out of the house and, uh, and I hung out. And then yesterday, um, Sunday, um, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a, 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 a writing, I have a writing partner. And we log in every Sunday at 11 and we spend about 50 minutes writing. You know, we catch up a little bit. She lives in Ohio. My friend, Jill um, um, Zaman, Jill Miller Zaman. And, um, and it's funny because I met her um, uh, about 15 years ago in San Francisco at the Blogger conference. Um, and we were talking about that. And, and I was trying to remember. And I was like, yeah, I said, I think it was, I think I was, I think I was, I just had gotten out. Like, I don't know how I got to go. I know I had to jump through some hoops or some old mess to go, but I went and it was great. And I met her. I met her. I'm good friends with her mom who lives here. And, uh, and I met her mom when her father died because she invited me to come sit Shiva with them. And I did. And that's how I became friends with her mother. And so her mother and I, are, we are great friends. We, we meet once a month for lunch. <laughs> I've gone to synagogue with her a couple of times. <laughs> She's great. She's good people. They're such good people. But anyway, 
Jill and I are writing partners. And so every Sunday at 11 o'clock, we log in and we spend 50 minutes writing. We don't, we talk the first few minutes at the top of the hour. And then we, um, and then we just mute our mics and we sit and we are writing. She's writing whatever, she, you know, she talks about, we, we both log on and we're like, well, what are you going to write about today? I was like, oh, I don't know. I'll just whatever. And so, and I have a dedicated journal for it. Because I like to free write, free hand write. You know, it's a lost, lost art. Um, and so, and we've, we've been at this for quite some time. Uh, I think we're up to how many Sundays? We're up to eight Sundays. So eight consecutive Sundays. Um, so yeah, so it's been lovely to sort of center myself in that hour on Sundays, um, particularly since I don't have a church home. So this gives me opportunity to just muse about things that might be on my heart and mind. Maybe it's a long prayer. Maybe it's a poem. Maybe it's whatever it is, whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't predetermine what I think I'm going to write about until I sit in the seat and log on. And then we, you know, we, we go at it. So that's what I, that's what I did yesterday. And uh, um, Omar Sinks had a party yesterday. His wife threw him a birthday party. Uh, I was slated to go, but the day was just so lovely that I, and I was so in a lounge mode that I just didn't feel like breaking the magic of the lounge day to get dressed and go um, to a party, even though I adore Mr. Omar. I do. Um, I just wanted this to have the Sunday to myself. And then I started thinking about, you know, maybe I make Sundays my Sabbath and hold it holy and sacred and don't commit to doing things on Sunday unless it's a hell yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh man, I would hate to miss that kind of thing. Um, and that's how I think I'm going to treat my Sundays. I mean, I already treat my life like that. <laughs> I, I, I only, I really, I really, I really only just show up for things that I really am interested in at this point. That's, and that's the divinity of 59, you know, it's like, oh no, I'm not, I don't want to do that. You know, and, and no, it's its own magic. You know, no is boundaries, no is is perimeter, no is, you know, no is power. <laughs> no is power. So uh so yeah, I think you know Sundays might be my my day of respite. I love it. Um, but it felt nice. And uh now that the weather, oh, and I repotted a couple of plants because I needed to do that, and I never do that. What happens is a plant will overgrow itself and then die. I was like, I can't treat these plants like this. I've got to, and I've got a few more I need to repot. So I'm going to do that over the next couple of weeks, just repot plants and really be a plant mommy, a better, a better plant mommy, better plant mommy. And then, uh, and then Brianna told me last night, she saw another, she saw a mouse. Now we haven't seen mice since last winter. I guess it's getting chilly now they're scouting out places to be <laughs> i was like no but you can't be here so we put some traps down and you know she called she called my son gregory you know uh, because he would come and take mice out for us <laughs> so we put down some traps we're gonna put down some more traps and uh see what happens you know because I hate living with mice, you know, Ugh, they just drive me nuts. Uh, but yeah, so, and that's it. 
So we'll put the traps down. We'll get them. We'll snap them up. We'll just keep putting them down and we'll just keep snapping them up. And, and the traps work. I mean, they just, they just work. You know, you just have to be willing to pick up mice. <laughs> Not me. That's why I have kids. It's like, oh, I don't do that. And I've done it in my life. Don't get me wrong. It's like, you know, when you're a single woman, you have to do things on your own. You have to do them. You know, sometimes you just can't call people. You have to, you have to do them. But now that I have kids. I'm like, Ooh, let me call my son. <laughs> let, me, let me call my son. Hey, son, can you come and get, check the traps? <laughs> or Margo. Margo will do it too. She, she's got no qualms about it. And she's around the corner. I'm like, Margo, come and get this mouse. <laughs> and she comes and get it. And then she went and tells me, oh my God, look at this. Uh, I was like, girl, no, <laughs> I, I do not. <laughs> I do not. Anyway, that's the uh, that's that's the way of the world. That's the way of the world. So anyway, it is October. <laughs> it is we are squarely in October. It is October third, and uh, and a lot is going on. Holidays and all the things and Halloween and it's great, you know. Oh, and Thursday, I, I think I said. Uh, Ife and I went to see The Woman King at Criterion downtown. I tell you, that was such a good movie. I'm going to go see it again, I think. I have to figure it out. But it was so good. Yes, Viola Davis ought to march that film to the Oscars. And it, she she should absolutely march that film to the Oscars because she was incredible in it and powerful. And if you've not seen The Woman King, I, I would invite you to go and see it and uh I just, you know, it's a fictionalized story of a real time in history. And Benin was the homey, which is now Benin, is a real place and and was at the heart of the, the slave trade. And, and they didn't sugarcoat any of it. They gave it all to you. And you didn't see like slave porn, like you didn't see people getting whipped and all that kind of stuff. You did see enslaved people. But, you know, and 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 that alone, I think, is enough to, to see enslaved people is enough brutality that you don't need to see brutality. Right. Like, you don't have to. You know, I was like, we we know we know we know all of us in this country have seen all around the world have seen roots. That was our first introduction to enslaved people seeing it on the on the screen. So you don't need to see it again. I've not seen 12 years of slave. I've not seen uh, I've seen the Django. Um, uh, un- unchained. I've seen that. Uh, you know, I you know I've seen my fair share of slave stuff. You know, but I'm just saying, if you have not seen it, go see it. It's it is worth the two hours and I don't know, 15, 20 minutes that it is. I mean, if you can sit through The Godfather for God's sake, and and that's one of the finest films ever made, then you can sit through this, and this is a beautifully done film with powerful black women in lead roles and, and, and um, nuanced and with backstories. And I mean, they didn't leave anything. They didn't leave anything out. You had a real full picture of who these women were, why they were doing this, why they were, this was their role. I mean, you, you understand, you, you got it, you know, and it was beautiful to see. And it had a lot of, it had a lot of story to it. Like it was, it was storied. You know, everybody had a story. 
and you got to see it. So I'm just saying, October is full, baby. It is very, very full. Very, very full. So today, um, which is Monday, um, I got a I got a doctor's appointment at 12:30, which is fine. And then um, uh, I have to go to the inner city and do some work over there. And then, um, you know, access to law school study group at 5.15. And then that's the end of my day. And then I'll do some stuff around the house, like, you know, laundry. So (laughs) I got to do all the things. And then, you know, um, it's just a lot going on, which is fine. I think I think life is full of things. You know, you 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 slow down and speed up according to how you're feeling. You know, you could build a lot of things in your day or you could not. And uh, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. And, uh, and I was talking to my, my, my um, classmates about time management. And I, I always, I approach time management from a place of how do I build in free time first? <laughs> I, I don't be like, oh, I got to fit this here, this here, this here. Like, no, where do I want my free time to be? I tend to like to have free time at the end of the day. Like, I don't like to be in meetings after six, seven o'clock. But sometimes you can't help it because the other other people in the world work and they have to get off and all the things. So I have a couple of meetings coming up that are at seven, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and, and that's because I care deeply about this, these, these folks and want to join them in their efforts. And I'll talk more about it as, as after we had our first meeting about what this is about. And I'll talk more about it um, in, the, in the weeks ahead. But because I care so deeply about them, I've said, okay, you know, but then now I got a conflict because I'm taking a race and law class um, and, uh, and, uh, at Sinclair Community College in Ohio. And, uh, and it's on the book, um, um, Race and the Law. And it's such a good class. It's just so, I've learned, um, I've learned so much. The Color of Law, A Forgotten History of How Our Government Segregated America by Richard Rothstein. And it's such a fascinating read. Uh, so every Thursday from 5 to 6.50, I'm in this class. And, uh, and I, I'm enjoying it. I've, I've signed up for the second semester. I've already signed up for the second semester and it's a free class. I just found it on like Facebook or some old thing. And um, I just love it. I've learned so much. But anyway, and everybody who sees me reading this book is like, oh yeah, I read this book or I have that book. I'm, blah, 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 I'm, I'm waiting to read the book. I was like, oh no, no, read it, read it, read it, read it. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. But anyway, so I'm taking this class at um, Sinclair Community College and uh, they're in Ohio and it's an online class and it's um, it's uh, the instructor is Myla, Myla Cardona Jones. She's an attorney and she's been teaching this class and she's been teaching this class enough where she has such a following that people take the class several times. They have taken this class several times. I'm just impressed, you know, I'm impressed. Spiders everywhere. But anyway, so um, I'm taking the class and I signed up for the next semester too. 
So, but anyway, so that's Thursday. So I have a little bit of a conflict because she's teaching a double class on Thursday. I just got the text, the email this morning about a double, double class. So from um, 5.30 to 6.50 and then from 7 to 8 something. So it's going to have to figure out how I'm going to do both these things at the same time. Because <laughs> I don't want to miss this class because the last class is October 13th. And, uh, and I don't want to, I don't want to miss any class. I have perfect attendance. I don't want to miss any classes. So, yeah. So next week is the last class. So I want to, I want to, uh, I want to uh, keep taking the class and, uh, you know, I'm excited. So anyway, um, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, that's exactly what I'm doing. And uh, I, I'm enjoying it. So I, I love, you know, I love that we are going back into spaces in real time, but I also love having the option to be virtual. I love, I love that because I think this virtual thing has opened up so many opportunities for people to indulge and be a part of things um, that, that, that they couldn't be a part of. And I know people are like, oh, I'm Zoomed out, you know, all the whining about Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. I don't, I don't mind it. I mean, it's here to stay. Do you know what I mean? Like it is very much here to stay. And for me, it's just another tool of connection. And I know at, at no time in the history of the world are we are more disconnected and far apart from each other than in this time of all this technology. I get it. That's why you have to work doubly hard to sort of make your connections with people matter. Like get in, get in the room with people if you can and enjoy their company while you can. So that when you're on, when you're using the technology, you don't feel like that's all you do is connect with people online, which is really not connection, but okay. That's what I mean. See, you got to find the sweet spots in your own life for how to make these things work to your benefit. You know, would I love to be at community, Sinclair Community College in a class full of people? Probably. I'm a if I'm honest, yes. But since I can't, I love the fact that I don't have to miss out on this opportunity because I can't physically be there, but I can log in and be in class with a bunch of other people um, there. And I love it. I, I just, I just like it. And I can be at my own house and use my own bathroom. <laughs> See what I'm talking about? <laughs> I can, I can just be at my house and make my coffee and cocktails or whatever it is and sit and, and still enjoy and participate in the class. Still enjoy and participate in the class. So that's all I'm saying. So don't, don't, don't be, don't, don't fret about all the Zoom stuff. Don't fret about it. Uh, and, you know, I get better guests when I do this show from Zoom. I do. I like that, you know, people don't have to come downtown, find parking. Like, I don't have to go downtown and find parking and, and, and get a bunch of tickets. God knows I just paid a bunch of tickets. Um, before I paid my um, my taxes, I just paid a bunch of tickets because I knew I was like, listen, taxes and tickets is a is a double boot. <laughs> it's a double boot. I'm telling you, I've been booted. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I don't um, I've not been double booted, but I've been booted a couple of times for parking tickets. And uh, I was like, man, I, you know, and I, and I remember parking to go pay my parking tickets and they booted me. 
And I was like, I had to go back in there and say, hey, I got a boot on my car. I just paid my tickets. And they were like, yeah, you know, when we send it out, it doesn't, it, there's a there's a lag in terms of when we when we send the notices of people who have already paid who they might be looking for. <laughs> so I had to go and wait, wait for them to take the damn boot off my car. Oh my God. Yes. Adventures in, in, in parking ticket hell. I was like, golly. So I went and paid those parking tickets because I knew I had to pay my taxes next. So I said, let me, let me handle this first because they give you a little bit more grace with taxes. So everything is paid. Cause I was like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be caught out here again with this mess. So, so yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> everything is everything is paid. I, I don't owe no tickets, no taxes, nothing. I gotta pay for December um, um, taxes because you know they break it up. They break it up for you. I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go handle that part, and uh, I'm gonna go handle that, and uh, that's what I'm gonna do because. I cannot, um, I can't, I can't endure that. So, uh, and I, I just can't. So that's just one more thing. <laughs> just one, one more thing we have to do. One more thing. So anyway, that's my life in paradise, boys and girls. That's my life in paradise. So anyway, um, I'm going to, I'm going to, my goal is to um, work on my fitness. I, I will tell you, I have turned a corner around my mobility and I noticed it. Um, I noticed it maybe a couple of weeks ago. I'm not, I'm not like weebling anymore. Like I'm actually physically, after I saw the surgeon, you know, my surgeon likes to fat shame. You know, I was like, I know, whatever. Um, but I've noticed, and and I and it became w- way noticeable when I went to the uh, Arts and Ideas Gala, and I had on a, a heel, and uh, and I was moving about the space without pain, without wincing, without having to sit down and be like, "Oh my God, this hurts so bad." Nope, I have turned a corner, and uh, and it's it's amazing when your body just turns a corner, you know, because I was really worried about this hip hurting me because it was still it was still hurting a bit and uh and I felt like oh god I, this is not I, I still it still has some soreness um but the left side which was the first side that got done there is no it's almost I don't even there's nothing I don't feel anything so it'll it I I would imagine that the right hip is going to go that way too it's gonna it's slowly healing itself you know the you know, it's uh, the, the surgery, um, the remnants of the surgery is slowly going away. And, uh, and I can get around so much better now. Like I'm walking so much better. So, so now I have to do really, now I feel like I can do something. Like I can ride my bike, my stationary bike, and I can, uh, I can do some more walking because it doesn't hurt. Because before, you know, in order for it to heal, you have to move. But if it hurts, you're not going to do it. <laughs> I don't care. And I'm very, I was very motivated. I'm very motivated. I was a very motivated person too. So much so that the doctor was like, listen, 
I need you to just slow down just a bit because you you are moving at hyperspeed trying to trying to get mobile. And I was. And he's like, just, you know, you got you got to it's still healing. You got to let it heal. I, I know you're anxious. <laughs> oh, baby, I am. I was. <laughs> I am. I am. I am. So. I am. I am. So that. So I say. I have to say. I. I can. I can. I can move a little bit more now. And it's a. It's a funny thing when I noticed it because I was like, "Oh my, I'm, I'm moving a little bit better now. Like I'm actually moving better." And uh, and it's a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling. So I'm on the mend. I'm on the mend. The car wash clap. <laughs> Remember car wash. Car wash, <laughs> Rolls Royce, that's the clap. So anyway, um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I did that. It just felt like I wanted to, I wanted to clap. So yes, there's a lot of, lot of things going on, a lot of things going on. And uh, I can't, uh, I can't complain. The Community Action Agency is having a press conference. I wonder what they're talking about. Okay, Nora. Uh, I know you're ready to do PSA. So I'm going to take a break. I'll be back in 10, 10, 15. I'll be back in 15, 10, 10, 15 and uh, run the PSAs. Nora's sitting in for Harry today. She's you know, a if the kids job. get the COVID vaccine for school, my five-year-old starts kindergarten this year. It's not required, but I did get mine vaccinated to be on the safe side. There were several cases of COVID in the classes this year, and I'm happy they all stayed healthy. I just keep wondering if the COVID vaccine is the right thing for my child. I understand fully. And from what I've seen, there's been no major issues with my friends or their children. The COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective, and it improves people's lives. Thanks to this vaccine, there is less spread and fewer symptoms reported by those who get infected. Now everyone over the age of six months can get it, and no appointment is necessary. Find out more at nhvvax.com, nhvvax.com. Make summer safer. Protect your family from COVID-19. Anyone over nine months old can get vaxxed. No appointment necessary. Visit nhvvax.com. That's nhvvax.com for everything you need to know. I'm New Haven Health Director Marissa Bond. If you or your family have COVID-19 symptoms or think you were exposed to someone with COVID, quarantine, stay home, and get tested on day five if possible. If you have COVID, isolate, wear a mask, vaccinate, get boosted, and tested as needed. Those are the best ways to stop the spread of COVID. At this time, we are vaccinating everyone ages five and up. Stay safe, New Haven. Hi, this is Babs Rawls-Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. I want to dance all night, Monday morning, that's the good job Wednesday night, calling my girls, making 
future, our plans are still tight Thursday brings a smile I won't be putting up with this book in a little while Me and my girls, we turned it up last week Boys love this club, cause ladies get in free We love to party Tried to flip, didn't get tossed. In the pearly whites, time to floss. Got top billing, counted the cost. Everybody knows that you're a go getter. Save me with a smile as you earned your cheddar. Work real hard, and who could do better than you, Bob? We got through the week, I didn't even trip when we didn't speak. Yo, I'm JK, and I'm doing my thing. When my dick says, I'm gonna shit. Livingston and you're listening to 103.5 FM WNHH.
Yeah, come on. Sitting at the party, rocking back and forth, acting like you divorced. Your legs from the dance floor, girls are saying they want more. Fellas to get on the floor, and somebody screams, it's got to be jaking on the scene. You know that I'm a party fiend, so of course I stay dressed. Two Tigabana Passage, yes. No, I have to impress. Can't come with nothing less than all the Magusto. Catch one the battle, but they don't know just which way I flow. You might be right. Don't you know that my game is tight? Got you right in my sight. Let's believe all the hype. We're gonna rock the night. You got too much. It's up to the dance floor. All these shorties And they all screaming more Got so much That they wanna show you Want you to think That they know you You got too much It's up to the dance floor You got all these fellas And they're all looking for Just the right girl That they wanna feel Welcome back to the second hour of Love, Babs, Love, Talk. Uh, I'm Babs Rose Ivy. This is uh, Love, Babs, Love, Talk. So I was um, checking out the uh, conversation, the press conference at Community Action Agency uh, because they have all our, our uh, uh, elected federal leadership, Rosa DeLauro, Chris Murphy, Blumenthal, uh, and our governor, Lamont. They're over at uh, create, uh, Community Action Agency right now um, talking about the... Uh, to, um, additional resources to help people with their home heating bills so i'm excited about that and you should be too so if you are uh if you are someone who's in need i i am still paying last year's heating bills and i think i'm gonna have to run my little self over to the community action agency and sign up (laughs) i'm a single woman of a certain age and my income levels i think fall well within their range of uh, what you need to apply because uh, it's hard out here for a pimp. <laughs> hard out here for a pimp. And, uh, and these are difficult times. And, and you know, what, what they were saying in the press conference that people are still coming from underneath the pandemic and how far that set people back. And people are already starting to turn on their heat. I'm not turning on my heat yet uh, because it's just not cold enough for me, uh, but it's coming. And I, and I know it's coming. So uh, I've got to get prepared. And I know it's coming because uh, my daughter saw a mouse. And I was like, whenever you start to see mice come in the house, that means it's getting cold out there and they're looking for someplace to hang out too. <laughs> 
I just don't want them at my house. <laughs> so, uh, so with that said, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go and, and, and look into see if I can qualify to get some assistance because it's hard out here for a pimp. It is, it is. And like I said, I'm still paying off last year's heating, heating, heating bills. And, uh, oh, it's too much. And the year before that I had, I did the same thing and I got it all paid down and here we are back, back to winter again. I mean, winter comes back around, fall comes back around. So I need some assistance and if I can get it, then I'm a, I'm a take it because I, I, you know, I have to make my money go far and wide just like everybody else. So ct.gov um, backslash heating help or go to your local uh, community action agency. And we have a fine one run by Amos uh, in the city of New Haven down, up, uh, uh, down Whaley Avenue. So I'm going to, when I get to my, back to my, uh, my, my, when I get off air today and do what I got to do, I'm going to make a call and see, see what I need to do. How can, how can this help me? This can help me. You know, I might be out of range, but we'll see. You know, I mean, I wouldn't be out of range if I, if I had children underfoot, but I don't. So let's see what, let's see what the old girl could do. See what they can do. It's like, let me see. Let me help me out. Help a girl out. Let's see where we at. That's all I want to do. So, yeah. So that's good that, um, you know what? We got some more money coming into Connecticut to help people because they were talking about um, that people are, that people are already uh, behind in their, um, people are already behind in their, uh, in their electric bills and uh, heating bill already. They're already some months behind and uh and you know that's uh that is quite challenging quite challenging and uh and so we have to do all that we can to sort of make sure and 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 um uh chris murphy said um about two thousand people um last winter got their heat turned back on through this program like in the middle of winter people didn't have enough money to get to heat their homes and so they had to get their homes turned heat turned back on. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. So, so uh, I'm glad that we have this help uh, because these are difficult times for people. I mean, they're difficult times for for just about everybody. You know, people who who never thought they would have this kind of hard times are having these hard times. You know, not just, uh, it's not just uh, the, the lowest of the low. It's, it's all kinds of people. Do you know what I mean? So <sighs> I'm telling you, it's all the things. But thank God we've got, we've got a delegation that is committed to helping people. We have a delegation that's committed to making sure that all Connecticut um, gets the help that they need. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing. So say whatever you want. I'm grateful for, uh, I'm grateful, uh, for the delegation of Chris Murphy, Rosa DeLauro and, uh, Blumenthal, like, and, and, and whoever else is on the Connecticut team. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. So that's it. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go look into this, see what happens. 
See if I'm see if I'm in the range. I I I think I might be a little bit out of the range. We'll see. <laughs> oh, we'll see. We'll see. If not, I'll just keep going the way I'm going, child. And uh we'll just keep it, we'll just keep it going. We'll just keep it, just keep running. Just keep running. So um I don't even know who won the um Yale Howard game. I think I think Yale might have won. I, I'm not sure because some of some of the folks at the tailgating thing were are, are, were Yaleys too. <laughs> some some of my sorors and my sisters and brothers are are, are Yale people too. So <laughs> so yeah so yeah you know like like my friend Karen Debose Walter her son went to Howard her grandparents went to Howard and uh, but she went to Yale. <laughs> How do you divide? How do you divide your loyalties? <laughs> how do you do that, Karen DeBose Walton? How do you do it? <laughs> Ooh, I think that's just hilarious. It's like, okay, I got. I'm with this. I'm with this. I'm with this. We'll see how it goes. I'm have to ask her. I'm like, girl, how'd you? Who'd you vote for? But then I saw her hashtag. She had a hashtag Yale. So I'm like, all right. And I know she's a member of the NAACP, so I know that we all are. Everybody is, right? Uh, we all are. So I had to, you know, I got to check that out. Happy birthday, Carla Morrison. I don't think she hears me. She's down in Atlanta. She turned 52. Today is her birthday. Happy birthday, Pam Washington. Pam is not hearing me because she is in Mexico living her best life. Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday, Carl Franz, who uh, runs, owns Anchor Spa. Uh, and uh, I don't think he hears me either because he might be home in, in New York. Uh, so yeah, it's all the it's all the birthday love for all the peoples. <laughs> it's a bunch of bunch of birthdays this this these last couple of days of people that I know. So happy birthday to to all my friends who are celebrating uh, uh, October birthdays and late September birthdays. It's, it's good. good to have you with us. Good to have you with us. <laughs> so I don't, I'm gonna try to get one more porch party in. I don't know. It's a, these these days are brisk, man. It's it's a little brisk. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get one more porching in. Uh, oh yeah, yeah one. Thank you, thank you, Robert. My my brother's a walking a walking knowledge of any sport on the planet. If I if I ask them about the world cup soccer he'll tell me so yeah one 30 34 26 okay so it wasn't a blowout all right okay we'll take that 24 34 26 we'll take that i i just didn't know because you know you go for the tailgating and the bands and somebody live streamed some of it which was really cool some people got a little bit of the the bands in and uh Thank you, uh, um, Gary Winfield, for putting up the uh, the Energy Assistance Community Action Agency of New ha Haven. The eligibility. Uh, if I qualify, <laughs> if I'm eligible, <laughs> I'm a check. Listen, I don't got no share in my game. I am not a rich woman. My my coffers are are low. Um, and, and that's fine. I don't, I, I'm not, uh, I don't measure myself by how much money I make. Not anymore. Used to, when I was a young woman, it was all about the Benjamins. It was all about, 
you know, oh my God, I have to make this money. I have to stack some cheese. Now I'm like, eh. <laughs> long as I, long as I can make my rent, I'm happy. And it, and it is my joy to pay my rent. I have not been late. I pay my rent on time. I'm happy to pay it. And I'm happy to pay it to my sister, my soror, uh, Robin Gowan. I'm happy to pay it. It's my honor and my joy and my delight. And I'm grateful that I have someplace to live. I'm grateful. And, and I live in a great neighborhood. So there's that. Um, but yes, thank you, Gary Winfield, because I'm going to pour over this and see what I could do. <laughs> as, I, as I'm on my way to Target to get a space heater for, the, for, the, for, for some of the rooms in the house, you know, because, you know, that's just what it is. So. And I heat by um, natural gas, so that's not cheap. As I, like I said, I'm paying, I'm still paying last year's bill. I'm, I'm pay, I mean, I am literally paying last year's bill. I'm paying it off. And, and in addition to paying the current bill, the existing bill, the bill right now. And I suspect that's a lot of people. You know, you just do what you got to do. You do what you can. And, uh, you know, you do what you can. And, you know, try not to put yourself in harm's way. Um, but, you know, I'm glad that there is assistance in this state that, you know, folks can can tap into and access. Is, will it help everybody? No, but it, it will it will make a, a real dent in 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 the support of people who 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 might might be at the who might find themselves in a precarious situation with trying to eat or trying to heat. And that's real talk. That's you know, it's a cute slogan, but that's real talk for people. And, the, and to know that there are people in the state who, who, who he, who didn't, could not make, could not have enough money, didn't have enough money for oil. You know, Connecticut is not warm in the winter. It's, it's cold. It's very, very cold. Very, very cold. And uh, that is, uh, that is, uh, that is a difficult thing to swallow and to understand that you have neighbors who might not be able to uh, pay for heat, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a thing to put on your brain and think about the magnitude of that, you know, seriously. Um, and in a state like Connecticut, where, you know, the winters can be tough and they're already predicting a tough winter, you know, that's where I'm going to go and look, I'm going to go and look and see what I could do. I listen, <laughs> I live in this state too, and I, I, I don't, I don't make a lot of money, so that's fine. Like I'm not complaining about that. Like I don't, I'm not put out by that. I'm just stating facts. And if there's some assistance that can that can aid me in making sure that I stay warm, you know, as well as my neighbors, you know, and neighbors being everybody in this state, um, then yeah. So so this is pretty important that they that they all showed up. And our and our touting, you know, the resources coming our way, um, because I, I, it's it's a it's a winter is coming, and you can already start to feel the the briskness in the air, and and I know people have already turned on their heat. I have not. I still have a. I keep a window up, a little bit of a window open, in in one of the rooms in the house because I like a little fresh air to flow through the house, you know. Um, 
and I and I and I often do it sometimes in the winter, like the, the window kind of stays up during the winter because I like a little fresh air. I'm a lower it. I lower it a little bit, but I like a little bit of cool air to, to you know, but if it gets too much, it, that joker goes all the way down, you know, because I, I like a little fresh air in the house. You know, I don't want to be hermetically sealed up in this tomb right like, i don't want to be I'm like oh i don't want to be so you know you got to let some fresh air come through so uh but that's where i'm at so <sighs> fall is here winter is just around the corner we getting ready we ready y'all we out here so so yeah so uh whoever's listening to me this morning get yourself to um community action agency make a call do whatever um, and uh, see if it could benefit you. And if not you, your neighbors, check, you know, drop the info to your neighbors too. Because y'all, everybody knows their neighbors. Some might be struggling. You don't have to know their business. Just re- just let them know if they hadn't heard. Hey, do you know there's a program, blah, blah, blah. They got more money. Got more money to open the program up and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's the kindness that you can do without getting in people's business. You know, without without assuming... And without making feel like making people feel less than because they have to ask for assistance, you know, that's the thing. The asking part is the blessing. It is, you know, it's the blessing and the lesson at the same time. That's why I always tell people get into the habit of asking for what you want, you know, so that um, the the blessings are, 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 are come full speed blessings come full speed just ask don't sit don't sit in silence don't suffer in silence and i know what i'm talking about because i used to be one of these people that would suffer in silence like i would just bear the weight of whatever it was on my own and uh i don't do that anymore (laughs) i ask for help (laughs) and it's and it's a hard habit to break don't get me wrong it's a hard it's a hard habit to break and i have to constantly Remind myself to ask, ask, like, I need some help with this. You know, whatever it is, whatever the it is, whatever the, the ask is, you know. And you can start with small stuff, like asking people to help you do something, X, Y, or Z, whatever it is. It doesn't always have to be back-breaking, spirit-breaking um, ask, right? It, it could be small ask. Just get in the habit of asking for what help you need uh, so that the blessings come quickly, quickly, quicker. Because when you when you don't ask, you suffer in silence, you know. And I, I don't want to see people suffer in silence. I think that's a terrible, terrible thing. And I and I get mad at my friends if they like suffer through some stuff and they don't ask me. And then because they think I got so much on my plate. My plate ain't that damn big where I don't got no room. That that, you know, that that's that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Ask for what you need. And if I can connect people, I'll do it. I'll just connect people. You know, I don't, I don't have no problems with that. Like that's that's how we are human with each other. That is what humanity is about when we connect ourselves to each other, extend ourselves to each other. Now, I don't mean do that mess to exhaustion, because some of y'all are a little ridiculous. You run yourself ragged. No, that's not what that means. Pick, pick something that you know that you can help with and and help. If you can't help, say you can't help just so that people can move on or point people in another direction. You could do that. That's helping. When you redirect people, that's helping too. Do you know that? 
<laughs> if you can't do it, somebody else might be able to. And if you can redirect them, you've helped them. Come on, y'all. Stop being grand. <laughs> if you can't do it, point them in the direction that maybe somebody can. That's all I'm saying. That's what I do. I can't do everything. I like to try, but I can't. So I know my, my, the thing that I love to do most is connect people. That's my favorite thing. I love thinking about who do I know who could do X? Who do I know who could do Y? Who do I know that I could put X, Y, and Z together? I, I, I love when I could think about that. When I could, when I could go in my mind and scan across who I know and say, oh, you know what? Call this person. You know what? Check with that person. They may know a person who may know a person that could get you what you need. That's how, that's how we connect. That's how you use power and influence. That's how you really use power and influence. Not this, oh, I got something and I'm not going to, I'm going to laud it until the nth moment. No, that's not power and influence. That's greed and malice. <laughs> You're just not being a good human when you when you have when you have something that you can help people with, but you don't use it to help people. You use it to lord over people. No, that's I don't know where they do that at. That's called dictatorship. I we're not doing that. For me, power and influence is really about you know knowing where the resources are and connecting people to them, or knowing where the other connectors are and putting people in that pipeline. That's 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 where I see power and influence. And I, and I and I love the power and influence that I have in 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 the way of people that I know and the circles that I'm in. That, that that's really what I like. I I like that. So I like when I can connect people. And that's helping. Connecting is helping. It doesn't mean like, oh, you know, like somebody's like, oh, Babs, I need blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, that's, it might not be my thing, but I might know somebody whose thing it is <laughs> and connect you. You know, I love when people call me up and ask me stuff about, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm working on this thing and that thing and this, the other thing. And I was like, oh, what? To call this person. Oh, call, do that. Get in touch with this person. Here's the email. Or I'll call somebody and I was like, hey, Somebody so-and-so X, Y, and Z. Can I give them your number? Because I never give out people's number without asking people first. I never do that. So I call people and I'm like, hey, I know this person, X, Y, and Z. They need to do B, 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 B. And can I give them your number so you can talk to them directly so that I can remove myself out of the situation? Because there's no power in that for me to be like, relaying information like that, like to be in the middle. I, I could just get out the way. I could put you all together and boom, I'm out the way, you know? And then people come back and say, oh, you helped me out so much with that, blah, blah, blah. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I like to do. I like connecting people to access to resources and things and whatever. And if I can't, uh, I always know somebody who can. I always know somebody. I always like, well, think about this person. Think about that person. Call this person. I, I love that. And that's how, and that's how that, that just shows us how we are all connected. We are all connected. We are more connected than we realize, you know. And when people say, oh, this is why we can't move together as people. We are, people are moving together as, as units. People really are. Now, and, and sometimes it doesn't feel that way because we get frustrated and progress takes a long time. It's a slow lift. You know, and we see it, um, 
we see it in places where we wish it could be faster and better, like around voting. You know, we're not, we don't see the kind of voter numbers that we, that we need to see. I mean, because it's a heavy lift. It really is. It's easy to register people to vote. You can catch them outside the grocery stores, catch them in the parking lots. I mean, you could catch people, you could register people to vote. The lift is getting people to the polls, getting them to understand that now that you're registered, you have to exercise this right to vote. You have to exercise it. And the way you exercise the right to vote is, yes, register, but then go to the polls and make your voice heard. That's the heavy lift. That's where it gets a little tricky. That's where the energy has to be around, you know, getting people to the polls, you know. Um, getting people to sort of care about the election, even if it's not like what they call a sexy election where, you know, people like people like the presidential election. They feel like, oh, I I'm voting for the president. I was like, yeah, but all politics are local. Like, yes, vote for the president. Yes, yes, absolutely. Vote, vote for the president. But the people on the ground, the people that are in your neighborhood, the people who are doing the work at this Capitol and where you are, those are the ones that you have to pay particularly close attention to because they're the ones that move the agenda for what happens in your community. Like they're the ones that allocate allocate resource to what you say is important. So yes, vote for the president, but also understand that all politics is local and that you have to have a voice at this level, right? So that's the heavy lift. And so I understand how people can get frustrated when their voting numbers are not as they are. And, and, I, and I believe it's because we have so many barriers to voting. I mean, it's easier to vote for the American Idol than it is to vote for, for your elected leadership in your town and in your city and in your state. You know, American Idol makes it easy. Like, oh, dial this number, hit pound, blah, 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 blah. Oh, if we could only do that with, with um, you know, our voting system. And, 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 if, and if we could get everybody on, on one page about when voting should happen, and if voting could be a holiday, and if we could remove all the barriers for absentee voting and other ways in which to vote and early voting and all the things, right? Like, like we should set the tone for the world. Oh yeah, we used to do that. Set the tone for democracy and how elections are run and how we vote uh, uh, what we believe in. We, we used to we used to be leaders in that. I don't know what happened. Corruption. I don't know. But we, we've got to that's a, it's a heavy lift. It's a very heavy lift to get people interested in in politics because everybody wants to yell about, oh, I'm not into politics. Yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. When you when 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 they decide when your garbage is picked up on your street, that's politics. When they tell you that now we got these blue bins to recycle, that's politics. When they say your street is getting paved on this day and you got to move your car, that's politics. You are affected by what happens by the people who are being elected. And if you don't understand that part, come sit on the porch and I'll give you a good lesson. <laughs> Everything is politics. Here, listen, we are all politicians. Every last one of us, because you know what politics is? Relationship building. It's just relationship building. It is relationship building. So stop trying to make it seem like, oh, politics, politicians, I'm not one of them. Yes, you are. We are all politicians. We are all politicians. Whether you, whether you advocate at the school board level, whether you advocate at some other grassroots level, we are all politicians. And if we can operate from that place, 
operate from that place to get everybody inspired and excited about casting their voice because your vote is your voice. And I know there's been a lot, a lot of, of, of disappointed people in processes and, and whatever, but you, you cannot give up. You cannot give up. You can't, you, you can't, you can't give up. You gotta, you gotta press on, you gotta press on. Oh, and there's a question on the November ballot. Oh, shoot. What is the question? Shall the constitution of the state be amended to permit the general assembly to provide for early voting? Hell yes. Why don't we have early voting? What, what, what? I think we'll get more people if people could like vote early. Like just get it out the way. Do you know what I mean? Like treat, treat voting the way you treat sisters, women, treat voting like you treat your mammogram. Go get your mammogram and vote. Right, we could just we you could you see all the relationship pairings we could do, all the co-sponsoring we could do if we had early voting. You know, when you go to the dentist, cast your vote. Men, when you go get when you go get your 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 checkups, make sure you your prostate is working and right. Vote. Yeah, we could do all kinds of stuff, but we but it's a, it's a heavy lift. And and I know because when I talk to people, they get all. Hey, hey, these politicians don't do anything for me. What, what does that even mean? <laughs> I was like, what does that mean they're not doing something for you? What does that mean? What do you want them to come and take your garbage out? What do you want? What do you want them to do for you personally? That's not how that works. You know, they don't, they're not your butlers. <laughs> they, they represent your voice and they are attending to matters. You know, and you can't pick and choose the stuff that you care about because they can't pick and choose the stuff that they have to work on and they have to go across the aisle and work on things, you know? So everything affects everybody. Everything is cyclical. So if they're, if they're talking about trees and tolling, well, we have trees in New Haven, right? So that might be a benefit to us when our legislators like jointly work on some issues about trees. You might not see the connection until they're chopping down trees willy-nilly in your neighborhood. And you're like, what the hell is happening? I was like, well, you didn't come out. You didn't support. You didn't. Oh, that's what that meant. Yes. <laughs> that's what that means. You know, so you have to, you have to, you have, there, there is a responsibility to being a citizen. There is some responsibility. There is. And there is some responsibility to how you cast your vote. Like it is not just, it is not just some, some half-ass thing that you do. That when you cast your vote, you're using your voice to say, I am aligned or I'm in alignment with what this person is willing to do on behalf of my community. That's why you cast your vote, right? Not because you know they, they're not, you know, you make these broad sweeping statements about what, what's not happening. Like what? what? <laughs> so I need people, I need people to sort of say, I am going to do this. And I know we like to sort of say, you know, people have died for this, right? Yes. And people have, and people all around the world are still dying for the right to cast a vote in a democratic society. And we run around the world telling people democracy is, is, you know, the coolest thing since you know, disco music, you know, we, we, we run around the world saying that. And yet there are forces in our own country that are, are hijacking access to the polls. 
They are literally hijacking access to the polls because they can't win any other way. So for some groups, winning by any means necessary is the order of the day. So the way that you combat that is you push back on that, on that narrative. So if you see people can't access the polls in their neighborhood, get your neighbors together and go march on city hall or town clerk or whatever it is and say, listen, no, this is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. You know, we want early voting in this state. Why don't we have it? And we like to think Connecticut is progressive. We do. We like to think, oh, we're, we're better than Mississippi. Are we though? <laughs> Are we? Are we better than Alabama? Are we? <laughs> when it comes to voting, are we? I, to my answer that, are we? No, <laughs> we are not. So we have to we have to do better. When I when I when I had my hip surgery, I was so grateful that I could absentee ballot because of the pandemic. Because I couldn't be in population after the surgery, right? First of all, my mobility was limited, but because I had surgery, they didn't want me you know, being around a whole bunch of stuff because the pandemic was, we were in the midst of it. And truth be told, we still are people, but horse of another color. So voting requires a responsibility as citizens to do your part, to understand the issues and to show up and vote. It's not enough to register the vote. And you cannot take this tact, but they're gonna do what they wanna do. No, they're not gonna do what they wanna do if you step up and say, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm casting my vote here <laughs> and my vote is this. <laughs> That's how you shut it down, right? But if you don't get in the game, you know, it, voting is not a spectator sport. Citizenship is not a, a spectator sport that you have to be, you have to sort of um, 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 address all the rights and privileges of being a citizen, that you have to own them all. And part of that is voting. Part of that is voting. And, and, I, and I, that's what I want to say to people. You know, we're all, one, we're all politicians. Two, um, there are privileges to being a citizen and voting is one of them. It really is a privilege to vote. And, uh, um, and, 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 and we need to protect it at all costs. You know, we need to protect it at all costs and we need to support those who are fighting on our behalf. You know, there are people out here who are trying to take away your right to vote and doing it with a smile and a wink. And there are people who are pushing back against that at the same time, trying to sort of open the doors so that more people can vote. You know, so this is our country and we have to we have to fight for the rights of it. You know, we cannot sit back and. And, and, and you have the power to make a difference in your community. And, and when you make a difference in your community, you make a difference in the state. And when the state is, when the, when the difference is made at the state level, then it, it affects how the country, because everybody looks at like, hey, look what Connecticut is doing. We like some of that. We wanna do some of that, right? We wanna do what they're doing in Connecticut. How do we do that? So anyway, I got to get out of here. I got things to do, but it's been my joy and my pleasure. I don't know if I have guests this week, uh, but I know the New Haven Doc people are coming out. I'm working with them at the moment, um, trying to get some time in for them. Um, this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so I'm going to have some folks come on and talk about breast cancer awareness. So uh, I've got, I got some people coming up. i got some shows. <laughs>
got some shows coming up. So uh, I'll see y'all. Behave yourselves. Thank you, Nora, for uh, riding shotgun this morning and for the rest of the week. Y'all be good, be safe. And uh, listen, if you need some assistance with your home heating uh, uh, efforts, uh, get in touch if you're in New Haven. Get in touch with the Community Action Agency. They just got some money and, uh, and you might qualify. So go ahead on um, and, uh, and uh, be about making sure that you uh, get some help if you need it. I'll see y'all. Thanks, Nora. Oh,